0: what it is, what's up and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He's been submerged deep in the waters of Perth, Western Australia and now the shark rises once again a year since our last interview getting ready for the anniversary of Southern Territory Wrestling. It is the one and only Andrew the Shark Carter. How are you today sir?
1: Oh, very excited to be here once again. We're talking off mic about it, but we can't believe the last time we spoke was just before Border Wars, our very first event. And it feels like just a few weeks ago, we had the conversation. Now here we are. One year later, getting ready for the big ambition show,
0: it's, it's a bit of over-one. It's That's nuts. We get on the mic and I go, to, I go to Andrew. I'm like, so yeah, you know, we've had the first show not that long ago. How many of you guys had now? And just a couple of whatever. He's like, eight. And I'm like, fucking eight? Like, yeah. <laughs> we live in the same city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I not, yeah. not seen this? I know how I haven't seen it because I have had a, an absolute fuck of a year. Uh, as far as like my, my general life goes, podcast is doing well, rest of it was a fucking nightmare. Um, and, and stuff like that has just completely escaped my, my vision. So I'm very excited for what you guys have got coming up in like, uh, a week now for this last show and it's stacked to the gills, man. Tell everybody about, uh, what, what the goal is for this huge show.
1: Well, it's, like I said, it's been an absolute, absolute journey. Um, our goal was always to work with ambition wrestling and just the ambition brand itself to try and produce the highest quality of show we can produce. Yes, uh, and that's sort of how this all came together. We, you know, we're discussing it mid-year, which is crazy to talk about. You know, how we're going to do our our big show? What's our big show going to be? How are we going to theme it? What what's you know what what are all these things going to take place? Mm-hmm. So the first kind of topic was, well, we should probably try and bring out an international snod now that we've got the borders are back up here in Perth. And, you know, that's that's sort of what we wanted to do from the start. So it was just mapping out who that's going to be and where, the, you know, the puzzle is going to fit. And uh, we came up with Carlito, yep. who I've worked with here before. And I thought, you know, he'd be an awesome attraction to the show. And especially where we're going with the Bell Divers area, like he hasn't worked out there before. So you know that was that was step one, uh, you know. Then we had opportunities arise throughout the year as well. Like Marty Jones, who's you know a very famous, seven-time world champion in British wrestling. Mm-hmm. He was coming down to work with a few other companies as well. You know, running his seminars and that down here. So we yeah. thought, wow, this is a great chance for the talent to grow and to also for have him to be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. So that sort of all came together. And then we've always wanted to have. The Mikey Adam Brooks Slex match, yeah. Uh, since your know, ambition won, so that's finally taking place now a year out. So it's just been this big culmination of everything finally getting together for this one day on November twelfth.
0: Yeah, that's it, just all coming back around. And I, it has been a year, so I don't remember all the way, but uh, ambition was how we first met, right? Because you guys were going to run that studio show. I had my tickets. Yeah. So I was very excited to see studio wrestling in Perth. COVID, everything happens, it all falls apart. Then you guys essentially build southern territory out of that, uh, and then, then off to the races you go. So you mentioned ambition. Is that something that you guys are like working towards getting back to or Yeah, look I still I think it the progress is probably going to
1: be a couple of years away at mm. first. Mm-hmm. So we're going to introduce things slowly. So instead of doing like the big major show that, that we had planned, yeah. we we'll obviously have to try and rework back to that. So we're introducing the championship first, yeah, which would be a non-exclusive championship. So it's going to be one of those things where promoters can book it anywhere, any place, anytime. Awesome. So it's not like an exclusive SCW thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the, the big things ambition was trying to push. It's like, we're not our own company. We're a community and we're all going to try and
0: like come old school territory. Up style Ric Flair coming in with the big gold, that kind of vibe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our focus now is really to push that championship and make that reputable cool. um, and then slowly build up to back to where we wanted to be with the studio wrestling and doing the live, the live pay-per-view and things like that. So it's awesome. It's um, yeah, that's, that's the goal for our ambition. And then like I said, SCW was the the byproduct of that. You know, we had all this talent yeah. coming in for the show. It was all booked in. Everyone's flights were there. Everyone was here. Yeah. Uh, and so our local brand, which was going to be SCW, that kind of preemptively got launched before I guess it was going to be launched, and uh, that kind of how the whole year started, really.
0: Exactly, and then off to the races you you went, and like you say, eight eight shows later in a year, it's it's not a, a slack effort, uh, especially for Perth Western Australia.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, it's just again, just with all the talent we've had come in from Caveman, UG, Zena, Adam Brooks, like all these other all top names in in Australia, waiting for that border to get open, and then yeah. it finally happened, and here we are now.
0: Absolutely. So, t- tell me about Carlito actually, because he's he's been to Perth quite a few times now, hasn't he? Like, is he somebody that you you've always managed to work with and have a good relationship with?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's probably one of the easiest talents I've I've worked with internationally. Um, yeah, okay. just so easy to do things. So we actually we've approached a couple different talents um, throughout the year trying to to get to it, um, and it was just it was a big stuff around really you know like we reached out to certain talents they were like yep yeah, we're interested and I was like cool this is the date they're like yep yeah, that's great and then would I would get a message back you know a couple of weeks later oh actually I think I've got a, a pay-per-view on for this show Or like this is happening here and it was like come on like yeah. we're trying to put this together so we, we had commitment. a few things we had um yeah a couple issues like with that and then it was pitched us like what about Carlito and we've worked with him before it's super easy and I was like of course, why didn't we why didn't we try that before? And then, as soon as I reached out, it was just, yeah, I'm excited, I'm keen, let's do it, and mm-hmm. uh yeah, it's the ball started rolling from there, that.
0: yeah, that's awesome, and uh obviously, Brooksy has been around before, and he's a huge name um in Australian wrestling uh and was just I mean, well slacks too uh, the, these people yeah. were were on the verge of doing like all the ring of honor stuff and things like that just before for the world stopped moving you know and then then now we find it you know things are starting to reset and the world is starting to to turn so who knows where they'll be you know a year from now it's a great time what? to bring them in and like you say have that huge match
1: that's exactly right. I mean, the you know, coronavirus ruined so many things, especially within the wrestling business. Like you yeah. said, you know, Slex and Brooks were signed to Ring of Honor. They yeah. were there, they were ready to go over there.
0: There was vignettes, sudden, there was like, the whole deal. Like it was it was done. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: like they were signed. It was on their website. It was, yeah. you know, and yeah. Slex was already there. I think he was already working a fair bit. And Brooks was about to go. Yeah. And that's sort of like when it all came down. And then obviously Slex had to come back and then we're all just stuck here. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think next year is probably going to be a huge year for all of those guys. Um, you know, so the triple threat we've got for the championship is obviously Mikey Nichols, who's, yeah, he might be the biggest star here in, in WA for sure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, former NXT and current New Japan star. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, without a doubt, one of the best wrestlers here. Then you've got Slex, who's obviously a big Ring of Honor star. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been to Noah in Japan as well. So his career is about to take off. And, and Brooks is right just behind him. So I think, you yeah. know, it, it's a rare chance to see these three huge names all together, um, making some magic on the same night, which it could be the last time in Australia, who knows? It could be the, you know, the start of something cool. So it's just exciting to, to have it here at Perth, especially.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the, this match can sort of be the kickstarter into their new year, you know, and everything that's oh, going to happen 100%. now that the world's open back up and everything's happening. You know, this match could be the one on everybody's lips and could lead to all sorts of opportunities for all three guys.
1: Oh, 100%, Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, they're going to bring out the absolute best in each other. You know they are. And so it's going to oh, be... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to well, be a just, you know, cool.
1: Brooks and Slacks Brooks and alone, I mean, they've been tearing up on the East Coast, you know, from MCW yeah. to PWA. Like, their rivalry has been absolutely amazing. They've produced some of the most amazing matches that, yeah. that I think Australia's seen. Mm-hmm. And now we chuck Mikey Nichols into that mix as well. So I can't wait to see what they pull off. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's so exciting, man. Uh, take me through the card a little bit. Uh, have, you, have you guys got, like, a final sort of runner of what matches people can expect? if they come down to the show we do yeah,
1: yeah the full card is up and about now mm-hmm. so uh can be running off, off the top of my head because there's a crazy thing going yeah, on that's, but, it, uh,
0: that's it we won't hold you to it card is subject to change people also it, subject it is, to like Andrew quite is, remembering uh,
1: memory <laughs> <laughs> despite all the concussions could, I'm going to try and could be a complete lie. So. you're like
0: and it's Lance Storm and me in the main like, like
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's the surprise edition please don't spoil the show all right? oh yeah sorry I forgot
0: I wasn't supposed to read that part off the email you sent me my mistake no
1: that's right that was private no, that's alright so uh, yeah we've obviously like talked about it. we've got Marty Jones coming in he's going to be the guest ref in a submission match between Cannon mm-hmm. Connors and the great George Malenko so that's going to be absolutely awesome to see what happens in that match mm-hmm. We've got uh, Stella Nix, who just became the Australian women's champion. She'll yes. be taking on Tali from Melbourne, who is trained at Seth Rollins School yes. over in the, the US. Just saw her be...
0: recently, actually. She was uh, she was wrestling on the Deathmatch Down Under ICW No Holds yes. no, Bide shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. So she's uh, she's coming out as well. So that should mm-hmm. be another That's blockbuster. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got uh, Team Cargus versus Team Craven, which is like a Survivor Series challenge match. That's so a four okay. on four. Yep, the craven is still to name his team as his as his cargus. Mm. So we'll be hopefully hearing a bit more about that. Is this that like week. an
0: elimination style or just like a... it is yeah, yeah okay. elimination. Mm-hmm. I love an elimination yep, so. tag. That's awesome. Oh, they're always good. <laughs> they're always good. That's my favorite. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, so Carlito is taking on the Philippine Dream Julio, who's been undefeated in SCW yes. since its its launch. Mm-hmm. He's the current Southern Cross champion. So this is a non-title match. This is these two are gonna test each other. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah we'll See what happens in that match there. Mm-hmm. We've also got, like we talked about, the triple threat, Mikey Nichols, Adam Brooks, Slex, and Mikey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the main event, we've got our TLC match, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. It's the Pulse, who at this stage right now are the greatest tag team in WA. They hold all the all the gold, I believe, in mm-hmm. other, other promotions as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll be taking on Purgatory from Riot City Wrestling, which is Baron and know the Strange. So yes. In, yeah, we've got a got a hugely stacked card there. It's going to be uh, it's going to be wild.
0: That's huge. That is absolutely huge, man. I, I think this is going to be awesome. And where uh, you said it's normally at Bel Way, is it? Yeah. So we've been running at Vision Studios. Oh yeah, uh, I know Vision for
1: for mm-hmm. the year, but we need a bit more space because it's going to be a big one. So mm-hmm. we're uh, we're returning to the Beldalvis Rec Centre mm-hmm. in Beldalvis, which is a much bigger arena. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, get a few more people in. Hopefully, pack it out and and show the world what uh, Perth wrestling can do.
0: That's absolutely awesome. Then once once you finish off this year, what is like the, the next big plan for you for you guys? So is this the last show of the year, or is this just the anniversary show? And we still got a little bit more in the chamber.
1: Yeah, no, this is this is our end of year. There's um okay. quite a few big events happening in Perth, so yeah, you know, we want to make sure everyone gets their their chance to shine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be it for us here in November. And at this stage, we're tentatively looking to return back late, J- sorry, late January or the 10th of February is kind of where mm-hmm. where it is now. We're just waiting on a few dates from other promotions to make sure there's there's no clashes. So, yeah, um, yeah we're just waiting on that. And then we'll have basically a whole year set out. We've got the dates lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully doing another eight shows next year as well. So... It's, uh, it's all in the works it's already started we've got <laughs> everything going for next year as well as next week so it's uh, it's busy in the office that's for
0: sure yeah absolutely and how's it all been for you man personally like as you as you take on this you know starting a new company all the pivots and stuff you've had to be how have you found the challenge obviously you've been in the wrestling industry for a while uh you've do, you've done all sorts you've done about everything there is to do but now running this company just you know based out of perth essentially have you have you found it rewarding like how are you how are you feeling about it all
1: Oh look, it's it's. I think like with anything in wrestling, it always has its ups and downs. Yeah, you know, it's it's very um, full on. It's not something you can kind of go, oh, we might you know start a wrestling company. We'll get to it when we've got some time. Like it, it does take up your entire day. It's a twenty four seven, you know, thing where you get phone calls from talent or like office people, and you know you're always. Always out and about, so it's um it is stressful, but the reward is is absolutely fantastic. You know, like the build up to the show is obviously like the worst part. Mm-hmm. Getting it ready, you make sure everyone knows what they're doing, making sure everyone's happy with what they're doing. Uh, you know, locking it all in. There's always changes. You know, sometimes people call in sick, just like any other workplace on the day of or yeah. you know day or two out. And it's not like you know a regular sort of industry where you can just swap someone out. It's like ah, oh, this has been booked and advertised. Now I have to work around. What's happening with that and where that's going. So it's it's very stressful. But once we're there, once everything's gone, once the bell first bell rings for that first match to the finish, there's that sigh of relief afterwards, and then we get to enjoy the rewards, looking back at all the photos and videos and planning what's next. So it's, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a constant go go go. You know, it's. Yeah. Um, I I think I sort of forgot a lot of that when I retired because I had about two or three years off. Yeah. And uh, it was very, very peaceful. Nothing was going on. And, you know, and all of a sudden you jump back into the business and it's like your phone's blowing up, your, your social media's blowing up, like you're organising this, organising that, and time just flies. And, you know, like I said, you're one year in and you hear an anniversary show.
0: Yeah, I know. It, it moves so fast in the wrestling industry. And like you say, it's like when a piece of the puzzle drops off, it's not just like, oh, okay, well, we'll just put this in and whatever. There's like stories mm. happening. You know what I mean? There's consequences for things happening and then you've got to rethink how that works, how that you know, that new piece fits in the puzzle and and build you a sort of ongoing growth of the company, you know, and everything that's happening?
1: Oh, it does. You know, it's just one monkey wrench throws up the whole thing, you know, because you could have a year, you you know, set of what you've got to do and one tiny thing changes and that whole year has now changed, you know, whether it's, um, you know, for example, if uh, Adam Brooks, he was our first champion. So we had a whole whole year set for what Adam Brooks is going to yeah. do. And then the board is shut at us and we lost him for, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Half, your your
0: half idea year. was you were going to build a company around this amazing wrestler. You're like, he's the, yeah. he's the guy. He's won the first match. He's got the title. Now, what does his year look like? And then he doesn't exist anymore. You're like, okay, back to square one <laughs> real fast. 100%. Yeah. yeah that's, you know, and, and that's
1: kind of how it happened. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, like I said, some of it's now finally coming to be, now, this one year later is uh, like the start of what was planned for like last year. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's
1: like so there's little things that change everything. and um yes, yeah, it's, it's it's funny. I think if we looked at what we've had originally written out for the year, then compare it to all the edits. Yeah. that we had to so like the final product uh i think a lot of people be surprised how much things change and you're yeah. at, at the drop of a hat
0: i'd love to see that as a blueprint right so you've got like your big blueprint of, of what you have and then you've got like the you know the clear paper that you put over the top of all the changes that happen where it's like oh yeah. it was, these were the beats and it's like now it's <laughs> this.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's honestly what it's like it's, yeah. it's so insane sometimes yeah yeah you know, when you're When you're dealing with it, it's so instant. It's like, okay, this happened, right? What's next? Well, We have to change this, bring this person here, maybe move this person here. So you're always kind of like just going along with it. Yeah. But if you take a moment and actually look back at oh, wow, like we had this and then this and then this and then this changed. And And then sometimes that leads
0: to like happy mistakes, right? You're like, wow, had that border not closed, then we wouldn't have called on this person to do this. And then that led to this happening and that developed this person's... Sort of career in a different way, like and it just like ongoing butterfly effect of that tiny little it, thing. Yeah,
1: it really does. It's and Alex. I think it's one of the only industries where it really, you know, it's why I'm fascinated by it.
0: You know, like because it's always rolling with the punches. It's always changing. Be it the biggest companies like in WWE, like all the way down. it's yeah. it's maybe the only, I guess, form of entertainment in the world that's like that, where it can just. An injury, a a flight missed, an attitude problem, somebody walking out, something like that, it can just change everything. And then it's like, okay, we got to keep going. People are are waiting. Like, we just, we got to make it work. And then that you see people's careers built off what somebody else did, like a ball that someone else dropped and they were there to pick it up. And then it like skyrockets them and stuff like that. I always think um, wrestling injuries are fascinating in a way not in the way that I'm like that's fascinating how you hurt yourself I don't mean that yeah. I mean like sometimes it's the best thing that ever happens in a person's career you know what i mean yeah. like like so uh let me think of a, a famous one but he was already famous but think about when triple h did the quad right like so yes famous very famous injury he was already doing really well but then he busts his quad he's out and he goes away but then that led to him coming back, right? That led to the vignettes. It's like he's putting in the work in real life, you oh, know, yeah. to, to rebuild himself, and he did. He was in the best, like, upper body, you know, kind of thing he, like he ever was. And when he came out and that pop, and he's wearing, like, 15 denim jackets over leather jackets at the same <laughs> time, and he's spitting water everywhere and stuff. So, and it's like the crowd missing him for that time led to him being a bigger star. Like, and I think it if did, you yeah. probably asked him, he'd be like, that injury is actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because i had to stop yeah. and then i had to reset you know and yeah. and you you hear about that all the time with wrestlers and at the time it the, the world collapses and then the ones that can then pick up the pieces can turn it into the best thing ever and it's it's really fascinating when that kind of stuff happens because you're like well what happens now like it's- yeah
1: and, and, you know, just think about the what ifs too, like if he didn't get hurt, people would probably be sick of him because they'd be like, oh, Triple H is the only like, because he was the biggest star at the time. Yeah. You know, with like Rock gone and all those other people gone. It's like, well, you get sick of him now because he's there all the time. But uh-huh. like now he's hurt, you kind of miss him. You go, man, he's that good. And then he comes back and he's he's the biggest star than just before. Just shoots him
0: into the stratosphere, and, right? Like you would say that, that that return was when he went from being like, like big star in the company to legendary WWE characters. Oh, yeah, like that was yeah. the, that was the I, tip. I mean, run. I've
1: always said wrestling is about memories and moments. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. you look back in time, if he was there for a year unhurt just wrestling, you probably wouldn't even remember that run. Yeah. Yeah. But you always remember that return at Madison Square Garden and it's like that's sometimes what makes wrestling so special. Yeah. Um you know, we had something here similar where we had a guy called the Australian sensation Craven. Yes. He Mm -hmm. was based at first, you know, he was very, very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some things happened. He ended up in Sydney and he couldn't get back home. He stayed there. So when we had a show based on his return, coming back, Mm -hmm. it was something very similar. Same sort of moments, like Craven's finally back. And everybody that used to come watch him here, like came to the show to watch him and, and see what was going to happen. It's just like, Man, you couldn't you couldn't write that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these these things happen organically and they're sometimes the biggest moments that mm-hmm. that you get in wrestling.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's what makes the the really good promoters and, and bookers and, and things like that, the ones that are able to roll with those punches and not just let it end it. It's like, okay, then well what are we going? What's plan B? what's plan C, what's plan D? And and making sure that I guess your roster is always simmering you know what I mean, mm. that anybody can be heated up at a moment's notice to take the ball and run with it, you know, like, uh, yeah. 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 Cause it can be, and, and that's what's
1: exciting about wrestling too. You know, you could have a guy that's, that's just like, you know, second on the, on the show and he hasn't won a match all year. And then all of a sudden something happens Yeah. at a show, whether you know, it's like, it's, and the crowd just goes, wow, this guy. And all of a sudden you're like, Throw out the plans. Yeah. He could be champion next or he could be this next. Yeah. Let's let's run with this. And, now. and yeah,
0: and you didn't even know, but organic this romance. organic thing happens and then you listen to the crowd and you're like, We need to start running with this. Whatever's happening over here is awesome. You know? Like, uh, look at the acclaimed in AEW right now. Like they oh, were doing they were absolutely. doing that dumb scissor thing just in that like the vignettes and stuff, and then it starts to catch on, like people in the crowd doing it. And then they run with it. And now it's probably, I guess, at this moment in time, the biggest gimmick in wrestling – like oh, everyone, it it's like it's the next suck it. It's the the new day clap. It it's is. it's the yes. It's that like, and it's amazing.
1: It, it really is. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you look back when AEW first started, when they first debuted, they didn't change their shtick. They did the same thing. Yeah, and people were just like, yeah, these fucking know, John, John Cena wannabes.
0: wannabes. Yeah, oh, yeah
1: exactly. I don't know. And now they're like, no, they're the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah And they were just
0: like, and they were put together from the way I understand it, like. Tony Khan had an idea for this team called the acclaimed. I think Jericho said on a thing like acclaimed was like Tony's idea for like the inner circle or something like that. And he was like, nah, it doesn't really suit me. And then he used it with those guys, two wrestlers. Like, oh, let's put them together. Let's just make him a tag team or whatever. And then look what has sort of come as, as it has grown. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I sort of had something similar uh, when I first started booking the show is here. Uh-huh. Cause um, Again, I was away for so long, so a lot of the talent was quite new to me, and I was, like, finding out, you know, more about them and their personalities Mm -hmm. and trying to bring them to life. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a tag team here called the Ducks Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we'll give them them a run and and see how they go, and they were doing really good. And um, I kept hearing from the crowd, like, they started chanting for Harry. And I was like, I don't think either of these guys is called Harry. Like, I'm pretty sure it's what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. And then someone was telling me, no, that, like Harry's like the the younger brother that like hasn't really come out yet. And I was like, why is he so popular? Like, what's going yeah. on? Every time, because he would be at the show. I had no idea who he was. Was know?
0: he just in the crowd or something?
1: <laughs> so, again, yeah, and people like cheered for him. I was like. We gotta find out who this Harry kid is. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's, it's this guy over here." Like, let's do something with him. Yeah. And like, we finally the one moment where he kind of like made his proper debut, and you know, had uh, had a little moment, yeah. and like the crowd went wild. I was like, "Ah, this guy." Yeah. <laughs> let's do something with this guy
0: now. So, had he had he wrestled before in other companies, and that's how people knew who he was, or just friends were there? Yeah, no, like he did,
1: but it was it was always I don't know. If it, Again, it's probably just my, my guess as to how it happened, but I think it might have started with a rip because he was, like, the younger brother and people yeah. were kind of always putting him over instead of, like, the tag team. Right, then, right, right.
0: It's one of
1: those organic things that just kind of, like, popped. And it right. was like, oh, I think we got something here. And,
0: uh, yeah. Just see how, just see how like, it goes. Now, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. How old is yeah. this kid? Uh,
1: I think he's only, like, 18. Like, he's super young. Yeah. Like, he's only, yeah. yeah, only been in the industry for, like, a year or two. But, right. um, yeah it's just (laughs) this like organic like inside joke that's kind of like blown up and like yeah now he's here and he's popular and i'm like okay we're we're gonna be doing something with him next year sure
0: that's awesome exactly and then you know there's and that's another great thing right uh, about wrestling is that like not every character in the show needs to be like the fucking ripped giant super wrestler you know like the young underdog story is a very real story you know he's his story is that he's an 18-year-old kid whose brother is a tag team and people like him. Like, that's what his yep. story is. And then what can he make of that, you know? And wh- who, who can it. he pull out a win on or or whatever, you know? Yeah, and, that, and that's why it's so
1: important to listen to the audience, you know, because mm-hmm. you can you can go, oh, I've found this Brock Lesnar who's jacked and he's going to kill everybody. And he might go out there and people don't care. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I've seen it before. It's not special. <laughs> and then something you think like, you would never imagine working just all of a sudden is, is working organically and you're like, why this is where we're going. Now we're going to move away from the Brock Lesnar guy. I'm going to try, you know, run some stuff for this because this is what people want. And that's, that's the fun part about booking the shows. it's always finding those new opportunities and, you know, things that present themselves and really be like, yes, this is where we're going. And, yeah. You just got to listen to the audience and see what they're about. Well, I so, mean,
0: yeah. even even the big companies do it, you know. Remember James Ellsworth for his hot second? You know, he just came out exactly. as a jobber, got smashed by Braun Strowman, and then he was fucking, you know, having matches with AJ Styles and shit. Like- yes. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs>
1: It's like, because I remember like, during that time, I wasn't watching as much wrestling, and I, but I'll still keep up to date with it. And I'll yeah. see on like, the run sheets, like, oh, James Ellsworth, AJ Styles. I was like, what? Yeah. What is going on here? And I'd be like, oh, James Ellsworth over AJ Styles. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. Right? <laughs> that, can't, that's, that can't be a real thing. And then like you watch it back, you're like, ah, that's what, that's what they're doing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> bro, the moment he started doing the sweet chin music, it was a fucking rap. Like, the joke was secured, <laughs> and then now, like, you can run with it. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> that's I mean, you know even now like I I've um at first on paper seeing Sam you know, Sami Zayn in like the Bloodline I was like that's what that doesn't make any sense what's yeah. going on here and then you watch it you're like oh okay this is actually money like <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I I haven't seen a, a, a lot of it but the, like the little clips I see is mostly that just them trying to laugh like not laugh at him while he's there because he's just sort of wormed his way in and it's just like a fucking joke but <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and they've played it off so well you know like Jay Uso like not wanting him there but like everybody else selling it like no we do want him here even though like they don't want him there uh just the way they've done it is is really smart I'm like okay. Yeah, you know, on paper that doesn't look great, but like when you see it live and it's yeah. and it's there.
0: There's something like, charming okay, about like the like the humor of the whole thing. And like that, the, yeah. and the, the bloodline, like the group are having fun as they do it. And they're sort of having this serious storyline, but then they're also sort of laughing to themselves while they're doing it and stuff. And that the crowd feels like they're a part of it. Like it's something sort of special, you know?
1: Exactly right. Yeah. You're not watching the show. It's like you're kind of like, in on the joke and it makes it feel more like, yeah this, is, yeah, this is like a story for us. Exactly.
0: And I think that's super special that they can still do that in like that company, you know, that big oh, company. Yeah. And it's, it's Roman Reigns and he's, like, the champion and all this stuff. And they're still doing that stuff. I think that's pretty cool, that sort of, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of ribby kind of vibe. I mean, they used to do that shit back in the day all the time, you know, like <laughs> like uh, Vince pulling pranks on people and stuff in the ring or, you know, coming out himself yeah. and fucking with people and stuff like that. But it, it really, really got away from all that for a long time, so. It's kind of cool to it say. Did, yeah, it did, yeah. It
1: became that. very like generic, and I think now they're starting to, it's starting to come back to where it was. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's because like the management change or like what's been going on, but there's definitely been a difference in in the product. It's going much better in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly right. Now that's cool. It's um, yeah. It, it must be be so crazy just uh, yeah, rolling with those punches and, and changing them out. So, to, take me through real quick, just the moment like when you find out that. Brooksy ain't going to be back because he, he had he already won the title when he was cut off from you guys or like yeah Beach, so he um, won the
1: title at Border Wars yes because at the time I think South Australia was the only state that was open yes. to us uh-huh. and it didn't looked like that was going to be an issue going forward because it seemed like their cases were very similar to ours, but, like, the rest of the world was locked off. So yeah. mm-hmm. my theory was, like, okay, we've lost Australia, but we've got South Australia, so we can still we can still work around that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when Brooksy won the championship, he was the guy we'll base the company around. Um, like I said, we had a whole year of stuff with him him sorted. And then all of a sudden the, the cases in South Australia started rising and they yeah. shut the borders straight away. Yeah. Um, so, at first, I was like, okay, it might just be one of these things where it's shut for a couple of weeks. We'll be able to get him back. It'll be it's okay. Fine. Yeah. And after that, I think the second or third show, we're like, we're not getting him back. <laughs> we, um,
0: <laughs> at least anytime yeah, like soon. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, is yeah. this about to be his first time back now, eight shows later? You know, like, has he been back yeah, since then? Like, I
1: mean, we're lucky to get him a couple of shows uh, ago, but it was weird because we planned to vacate the title. And we're like, okay, we have to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I think we preemptively vacated the championship. And then I think like a month later, it opened back up and I was like,
0: God ah, damn it.
1: What are they doing to us? Unvacated.
0: unvacated.
1: We kind of jumped into like emergency mode. We're like, well, hang on, we don't need a vacate. We can still, we can, we can bring him back now for like another show. Mm-hmm. And so I think we had the championship on the line. And then something happened where he was unable to come, anyway, and we're like, no, like we just and vacated it and had to like unvacate it. So um, I think we ended up running a story where we're like the title's on the line, you're either there or you're not. But either way, this is, like a fatal four-way match that's happening. Yeah. Um, so
0: if if the champion can make it, he then has the potential to defend it but whoever's in the match is walking away champion. Like, whoever wins the match, be there or don't kind of thing. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so Brooksy was, (laughs) it was funny because this, again, it's one of those stories about, you know, the -the behind-the-scenes chaos of what was going on. So the title was vacated. We unvacated it. Going, no, no, he's going to be there next show. Like, it's all. Was it like a, a social media announcement?
0: Now. Like, Southern Territory Wrestling regrets to inform you that champion Adam Brooks is vacating the title because he's unable to defend. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Southern Territory Wrestling announces that champion Adam Brooks will be attending, and it is now well, unvacated. <laughs> like, well, the, like one post later, we've got, uh, we've
1: got you know, like myself is the president, but we've also got uh, a character called Luther Edmonton, who's like the. I guess, the bad guy, talent relations, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. guy. So uh-huh. he was the one that technically vacated it. So I, overste- I overstepped him. Uh, I was yeah, like, hey,
0: yeah.
1: I- as the president, this penalty is going to be defended next month. Yeah. So everything was all set up. Brooks was supposed to come in, and he was, you know, going to retain the championship. Mm-hmm. I think it was a week or two before mm-hmm. the show, Um, he had to reach out and be like, man, I, I like... This is a terrible situation, like I don't know what to do. But basically, MCW was running a major show mm-hmm. and they had Buddy Murphy as like a surprise coming in. Right. And obviously him and Buddy are like best friends and they wants to he wants to do the match there. Mm-hmm. Um and I was like, I can't I can't have you not do that match. Like that's gonna be a really big thing mm-hmm. for like you over there and stuff like that. So like we kind of had to come to agreement We're like, well we're going to bring you back the month after, but, like, we have to drop the championship because, like, we've already got plans now for, <laughs> for yeah. like, something else to take place. So, yeah, um, yeah, Um like, a week before the show, so, like, that all changed again. You know, we had Brooks set for for the months coming back. Mm-hmm. That small thing happened, and then he couldn't be there for the show after. So it's like, well, now we're going to have to do a title switch. Mm-hmm. You know, the title changed place, and then we're able to get Brooksy back again for the last couple of shows of the year. So it's just... Mm-hmm. Those kind of things That's just, that happen so quickly. It's just you know, wrestling,
0: like, right? Like, because everybody, especially in independent wrestling, you know, everybody has lives, opportunities. Yeah. There's no contracts and things. People just need to, like, make it work. And so you're always yeah. going to be dealing with things like this. Like, it's just the nature of the That's beast. It.
1: Yeah. Do and you...
0: you know, obviously, at the time, it's it's the worst thing in the world. But when you look
1: back afterwards, it's like, no, that's it's kind of cool. You know, like they had an awesome moment over there. Like you know, we were able to be a part of that, and um, you know, and still work around everything. So it's that's always the challenge. But again, it's 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 rewarding and hard at the same time.
0: Is is there a moment where you're like? send him the fucking belt and have him defend the title against buddy <laughs> like in melbourne <laughs> oh of course yeah yeah of course <laughs> championship match- matches cancelled people uh the champion has taken the belt and he's defending it at mcw we'll all just have a yeah. triple threat Sorry, <laughs> <her>. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that's that's the that's the hard part about being the promoter you're like okay like is it cool to have him defend the belt over there but then like are the fans that come here going yeah. to even know that that's taking place? Are they going to feel like they're missing out? So yeah. you have to look at, like, okay, well, what do our fans want to see? Like, they want to see a title match. They're who we're you need to, to service, right?
0: Like, as cool as it is to kind of do that and have that belt seen on that platform or whatever, at the end of the day, they're the people buying the tickets here. And so exactly they're the people you need to be most concerned.
1: Okay, we're doing the show for them. What what are we going to give them? Like, what's, what's going to equal that or, you know, Fulfill that spot. Or better and stuff like that.
0: Do you... Yeah. Like, in those moments where where those things happen, so now we're suddenly, we're vacating a title or whatever, are, are you, like, scrambling quite hard to think about creative ways to, you know, um, repopulate that championship? You know what I mean? Because quite often in those yeah. situations, in companies, it's usually the same sort of thing. It's either the next two people up just have a match and it's that, or it's like a, a mini tournament or it's something. Are, are you always like, what can I do that is different that will, you know, engage with fans in like a different way?
1: Yeah. And, and it's hard because I, I think I have a lot of different philosophies when it comes to wrestling. So when I first pitched some things, not everybody is always on board, Yeah. Okay. but I don't like to do the same things that everybody else would do. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are stuck in that formula of like, no, they're not here, so we're doing this. And I'm yeah. like, but we could maybe do this and do this. Like, yeah. let's give it a try. Let's let's see what happens if we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the things that make us different to everybody else, I think, when we have those creative decisions. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time, you know, in wrestling, you get stuck in that way of, all right, this guy's not here, so we're just going to do this. And I'm like, well, let's not just do that. Let's We do think long-term. It's not, ah, oh, he's not here, so we'll band-aid it it's this is a long-term thing now we're not just going to go oh, we will chuck on this guy just because he was there like mm-hmm. no who's our champion do we have to miss this show with the title to make it special next show um you know and these are the things you, you have to sort of lay out and it's not one of those quick fixes mm-hmm. so it's always okay brooks isn't here who can who can hold the you know who can be the guy
0: yeah who can
1: be the one that we can send for media we can send to you know do paper interviews we can say this guy's a champion and people go oh yeah like, I believe that. And obviously there's, there's always three or four guys that, that you would think of. And it's like, okay, creatively, what can we get the most out of and how can we get the most out of it? And exactly. So it's, yeah, it's never just like, a, oh, well, like he's not here. We'll just do this. It's all right, let's stop. Let's sit down. Let's quickly map out where things can Sketch go and, and what the best option work. is. and
0: Exactly. Yeah. A new, a new line of paper over the blueprint. And we go, okay, now we, we go this and we're going to invest in this person. And then if, if Brooks can reappear, then how does he reintegrate or whatever? But now we need to pivot and go a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that's why wrestling is fascinating to me. It's just always, oh, it, it's yeah. always that. <laughs> and that's
1: what's funny is like sometimes you like see the dirt sheets, you see people complain about stuff, and it's like oh, I don't think you have any idea like what would have taken place. Like we well, you know whether it's WWE or AEW yeah. or Impact. Like yeah, you, know, you see the end product, and it's easy to go, ah, oh, it's a terrible idea. But yeah. it's like. Maybe we don't know the backstory of like why that happened. Or, exactly,
0: and also you know, where it's going places. as well. You know, like there's there's a yeah. lot that can happen, and and like a lot of people will be like, oh, keeping this person strong, keeping this person weak. Anybody can be strong or weak at any time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like there needs to be underdogs, and there needs to be losers, and there need to be winners. It's just how everybody's presented. You know, and that's right. Can, yeah, you can if that. Roster, like I said, is like simmering sort of thing. They're like the yeah. sort of things going on, and threads that anybody can be heated up at any moment and can be that person. You know, provided yeah, they're they're, they're, right. they're put in that that position and given and given the power to succeed. You know,
1: yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, it's, and booking is is that thing of trying to give everybody that position to like get themselves over and you know just take their characters and try and raise it because you know you always say like you might not be booked to be in this spot but something could happen this show like you could do something in this 15 minutes you have to you know get yourself over or whatever and you could be the next star like just by trying to trying something different
0: exactly encourage so that
1: yeah I always try to talent. Yeah, so I was trying to encourage talent. don't just go out there and do a 15 minute match and that's it like think of something you can do that, that makes people go wow this this person is like is over because of this or, like, I like what they did here and, like, I want to see more of this. And, and, you know, once you have that time, it doesn't matter if it's the main event, first, second, third, fourth. Like, if you've got 15 minutes, like, that's your time to go out there and, and show people what you can do and, and get yourself over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It can be the second match, it's a 15-minute match or whatever, but there's a, a moment within that match that shows something different or exciting or whatever that gives people something to hold on to and then who knows where you are yeah. next show, you know? yeah well, that's right and i I think I think I mean it's probably I mean it's probably really common that I think sometimes people lose sight of that, you know, um yes. like wrestlers and stuff they're like, "I need to have the best match, I need to do the best moves, I need to be a gift, I need to do you know all those things, and it's like that is part of it, but that's not it. You know what I mean? Like, true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And,
1: and that's what I feel like my role is as well with with a lot of the talent is trying to educate them on those situations. Yeah, because like the amount of times I've heard, you know, from creative, like, "Oh, my character wouldn't do this," or like, "This is," I was like, "You might think that, but like, you need to take yourself out of out of your own head and look at it from like the fan's point of view and like what they're going to see." You know, you could go out there and do the same thing, you just destroy someone, they might not care. But by doing this segment like we have, it might not be as much wrestling. It might only be five to eight minutes or, you know, something small. But that moment is going to be the highlight of the entire show. So it's like, do you go out there and do a 15-minute match that everyone's seen? Or do you do a five-minute segment where a lot is going on and people are going to talk about it? And that's going to be the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest thing I found coming back is trying to, you know, talk to talent about that. Because... A lot of talent, they just want to be wrestlers. And it's like, well, we're wrestlers, but we're also sports entertainers. And so we've got to really, you know, create moments and memories that fans are going to remember. Otherwise, you just have another match at, at a show.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's uh, pretty interesting. I keep referencing popular wrestling, but just because it's like a, you know, like the bigger companies, just because it's easy for people listening to sort of uh, draw dichotomies. But, like, if you think about uh, how MJF has been uh, presented in in AEW. So... He hasn't wrestled very much, really, when you think about it, right? Right. And now where we're at now with everything that's happened and sort of the turns that's happening and you see him start to become a bit more active and now I don't need these people and, you know, his physicality, like you've seen his body sort of change and stuff like that. It's almost like he's building for this sort of monster, like face run, I guess, you know, where the crowd is now getting behind him and all these things are happening. And he's on the verge of probably becoming one of the biggest stars in the world. But it's like easy. But he could still swerve everybody, you know what I mean? And it could still oh, yeah. pull it back and just be like an absolute prick, you know. At the end of it, yeah. but but the crowd is ready now, like more than ever, to get behind him. And I know, and I've seen matches with him. So he can really, really wrestle. Like, but you've yeah. seen like a percent of it because that's not what his role called for. And all the smarter for him because guess what? He's not beating up his body every time he turns up. He's still getting paid, you know? It's all those kind yeah. of things. And then he can deliver it when it's time to be that working, you know, workhorse champion yeah. that people need him to be then, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's sort of, you know, what it's, what it's about. It's like getting that self over. And the thing is, like, he's really smart too because he plays that character so well that even as a babyface, he doesn't change his character. No. He's not like, yeah, I'm MJF now. High fives. You know, like, I love Seattle. Yeah. It's, he's still MJF. Like, he's still a bit of an asshole. But you're like, I kind of like him, though, because, yeah, he's a dick, but he's doing these cool things. And, like, now I can see him as a babyface. And that's what a, little, like, a lot of people don't get as well. Like, they think babyface and heel have to be certain ways. But yeah. it's like, in this day and age, baby face of the heels, it doesn't really mean much because no. it's the crowd that's going to tell you they like you. Absolutely.
0: Not. It's their so. point of view that matters, right? Like, I mean, Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin literally never changed from the moment he was no, putting an no. S on the front of Hitman through to when he was like stunning Vince McMahon, you know, like he was always just exactly the fucking same. And they just yes. knew that like now they're The crowd were like, it's cool that you're being a a badass and treating people like shit and fucking doing whatever you want. Just keep doing it, you know? And he'd tweak it a little bit and, you know, be a little bit more, you know, pandering to the crowd and stuff. But at the same time, he remained that thing that everybody loved. The Rock was the same, right? It's like, don't change it. just Just yeah just you know like it's that
1: slight tweak yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. if stone cold started like
1: like, yeah yeah exactly
0: but people like that you know except for what you do is you take that heel character and then you put him in a situation where he's the one being wronged uh you know with his back against the wall and then he's doing heroic things but in the way that that character would do it you know if stone cold was running to the fucking ring High fiving people and smiling and and all this it would be fucking ridiculous, you know. But that's instead, right, yeah. he's like drinking beers with the other wrestlers and you know and doing things that suit him, you know. And so, yeah. so that's I I think like the most that people could take away. I mean, I'm obviously not a wrestler, but I've fucking consumed a lot of wrestling. <laughs> so that yeah. is is that kind of thing, uh, not just like I have to push myself into what people think is a good guy or a bad guy or or whatever yeah that's right but that's that must right. take and a lot thing- of confidence it's very easy for me to say that from the like the comfort of my couch you know when you're the one making the moves and doing the things and emoting and doing all that it would be very hard
1: oh 100 yeah yeah and like i said but like to your point all those characters were the same characters it was just slightly different you know even kurt angle you oh, know he was always like the goofy kind of heel I and mean, then he did the same thing when he was a baby face and it just yeah. it just worked mm-hmm. and so yeah as long as you're like you're true to that personality like the fans really are the ones that decide yeah baby yeah. face will heal yeah, yeah Not, exactly. well you're a bad guy because you flip someone off yeah. <laughs> you know it's like exactly well maybe flipping someone off is the coolest thing ever so like you're a baby face now
0: yeah exactly right when when the shark was uh was active um, were when you first began? Were you were you a babyface or were you a heel? Like in your first sort of role,
1: I think I was a babyface when I first started.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: it, it was it was strange because I worked a lot of different towns, like in the states, mm-hmm. so it really depended on like where we were going and what we were doing. So some days I'd walk in, they're like, "Yep, yeah, you're babyface doing this," and other times, like the very next day, yeah, they be like, "You're a heel." Um, I remember one tour. Uh, we did. I was working at a guy called Chase and Rance from uh-huh. Ring of Honor. Yeah. And night one, we're in like Milwaukee, uh-huh. and I was the babyface and he was the heel. Yeah. And the very next night, we we're in, like Rochester, Minnesota. I was the baby. I was the heel. He was the babyface. <laughs> it's like a straight. It was like so strange trying to adapt, but, um,
0: yeah. But and, that's, so it's, that's it's, priceless, right? Like, uh, like. Doing that and constantly moving and adjusting and stuff is how you become a better improv artist. How you become like a better performer. You know, in England they have the holiday camps and stuff where they just give a a gimmick and and like they just go that. Like I was talking with uh big fucking joe if you know who he is he's an english wrestler and he was probably like you know he goes in there and they're like today you're like a canadian mountie or whatever and he's doing like a (laughs) terrible (laughs) canadian accent and like you know being a dickhead and stuff like that and then the next time he's a working class fucking you know it's just like whatever needs to happen is is what they're doing and i think that's like priceless It it is
1: and that's probably one of the most important lessons i learned Early on, you yeah. know, like you can go, oh, I'm going to be the shark and this is my character 100%. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if a promoter's like, hey, we need someone to fill this spot here. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the payday. This is what we need from you. Can you do it? You're and like, you can of now course. You're competing against everybody else in that spot. So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I can do, completely change my character and do this to, yeah. to cater that to being. And that was a huge part of, like, my learning, especially early on, being able to adapt to all those situations. Because it's not as easy as, I'm a heel, so I'm like, yeah, screw this town. Cause people that doesn't mean anything anymore. You, you yeah. have to be a lot smarter about how you work. And mm-hmm. so your work's gonna stay the same, slightly changed, you know, cater to that audience as well. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge part of my learning early on with those all those tours and switching yeah. up from babyface to heel to a tag guy to a singles guy to a yeah. opening guy to a main event guy. Like they're all different spots and you have to learn because you can be in the main event, mm-hmm. but it's different being in the main event to being a main eventer. Yes. So yeah. So you have to learn those different styles of why, why you do those things. And when, when you're younger, it's, it's hard to understand, but so like halfway through the more you do it, you kind of, it just kind of clicks and you mm-hmm. go, oh, that's what all my trainers were telling me about. No, oh, that's what this is about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that,
1: that's really the, the beautiful thing about the art of wrestling. Mm-hmm.
0: And when, when you're training or training people, like, are those the kind of conversations you have? You're like, okay, so I had the idea you know I'm the shark right and yeah uh, as uh, a baby face you know it means this I'm tenacious I you know I take a hold of my 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 victim or whatever and I'm gonna beat them with everything and you know and uh, I'm vicious and all this and then as a heel it's like I'm gonna take a, a bite out of what's theirs and take it for my own and blah 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 and I'm selfish and I'm blah. like do you sort of talk to them about thinking that through like okay, you have an idea for a gimmick or what you are, but then how do you play that each way and you know and pivot and change uh, as you know what's needed?
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a huge part of the the development and it's it's the hardest thing to understand too. It's actually like the psychology yes because um, people mix up terms so easily you know, like some people think oh psychology is the formula of the match. It's like no, that's that's not what psychology means. Psychology is. Okay, I'm a heel. So, what do heels do? Oh, heels cheat. Okay, but why does a heel cheat? Oh, because the baby face out wrestle the heel. Is it though? Is that why you're cheating? It's like, no, you need to think deeper than that. Like, yeah. why you're a human being, you're in a, a match, both of you are trying to win. You know, what is the psychology now? Like, is this guy bigger than you? Is he smaller than you? Like, there's so many various factors. And it's like, you can have all the moves in the world, you can have all the, the formulas in the world to how to do a match but like it, the psychology is so important when it comes down to telling those stories and that's yeah. the hardest thing to teach because again you know, a lot of people they don't play 2k before they go into training go okay here's my moveset i'm gonna do these yeah. Yes, yes, my, yes, yes. my character is yeah my character is i'm brock lesnar and i'm gonna walk in there and destroy everyone i'm like okay well brock lesnar's this big yeah. you're this big yeah um <laughs> You know, you're not Brock Lesnar. Yes. You can do similar things, mm-hmm. but you're not Brock Lesnar. You're X person. Mm-hmm. So what is X person going to do? What would you do if I did this to you right now? Like, are you just going to sell off or are you going to try and punch me in the face? You know, and it's, it's those conversations that you have to try and educate people.
0: Exactly. Uh, and some
1: people get it and some people it takes them years and years and years and one day it just kind of clicks and it's yeah. like, oh, that's... So
0: what that's he's been cool trying about. to tell me the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I guess yeah. they're like an important thing for people to remember is like there isn't really villains like everybody's the hero of their own story and they have their own motivations you know and so like you say is that heel cheating because he's a dastardly like mustache twirling like villain like or is it like you know what the winner gets more money they yep. they can pay for things. They get more prestige. This person's got goals. He's got a family to feed. He's going to do whatever he has to do to win because guess what? If he doesn't, he's not paying his rent or whatever. Like, you know, that that kind yeah, of stuff. Like, exactly think right. about in your yeah. own life. Like, what would draw you? So you're in a match where you're fighting somebody and you've been punched in the face. You're fucking angry. Maybe, yeah. you, maybe you just want to show this guy like that he can't get away with beating you and treating you that way. You know, there's like there's yeah. levels to why you... Andrew Carter would react to that. A perfectly nice person who books wrestling shows and has a great time, but then he's put in that position, and then suddenly, next thing you know, he's hitting somebody in the balls and fucking rolling them up because he's had enough of whatever that is, you know. And, well, and that right. that is where where the motivations lie, right? Like it is,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like again, that's the psychology. Like you look at Eddie Guerrero, and like he on paper is a heel. Yes. Yeah, you know, he's lying, cheating, and stealing to win.
0: Literally declaring but, it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. but but that's him and his cousin yeah. think it's funny, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna fucking just do it." Like, if you're yeah. not cheating, you're not winning. So why why not? Like, yeah,
1: that's right. You know, and again, it's that psychology of like, okay, uh, am I a heel because this guy's been kicking me in the nuts every time the referee's backs turn? So now I'm gonna do the same thing. The refs back turn. I'm gonna low blow and I win the match. Like, does that make me a heel, or am I just retaliating to what's happened to me? Yes. Um. Earlier. And again, the the heel believes everything that's happening to him. So whether it's the referee's out to get me, management's out to get me. Like that, heel has to believe all of that stuff is happening yeah. to really, you know. Yeah, like story,
0: you guys don't you know, understand. Right. I'm the one being screwed over here. All these motherfuckers are against me, and I have no choice but to get there on my own. And then the crowd's like, "Boo!" Your actions don't think it. Go, no, you don't see what's happening behind the curtain. You don't see this is a conspiracy. Like, and then exactly. it, you, yeah, you you sound like right. a crazy person screaming at the world, but you know you're correct. You know, like it's that's it's, right, and and that's exactly
1: what it's about, and that's that psychology. You know. Yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly. It's easy to go out there and be like, oh, management screw me over and I'm not going to win. And But maybe that's not convincing. But if you, in your head, are like, no, they are. So now I'm going to act a certain way with this person or like do this with the referee or like it's all these little things that, that culminate into making that perfect character.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, it's, it's so interesting, man. And yeah, I, th- I think this conversation has been a pretty good example for anybody who's going to go and see uh, Southern Territory Wrestling, the kind of shows that you're going to get, like well thought out well-produced professional wrestling. And I'm very excited uh, to see what you guys can achieve in this coming show and also into the next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, next year is going to be exciting. I've already got a lot of big plans for Mm -hmm. like a lot of our, our local talents and like a lot of their stories and angles and, things where things are going so like you know there's so much going to this show but it's like i'm kind of already excited about next year as well it's like yeah yeah, this is a big show but i've actually wait till you see what's next
0: (laughs) you you're (laughs) like somebody that's already read the ending of the book like you know you've already and you're like i can't wait to get to that chapter but but no i've got (laughs) wait. yeah that's
1: it that's
0: it and and that that would also be the hard part because you've got this like great idea for where you're gonna be but you need to like craft the path there properly in order, in order for it to to pay off. And you're like, oh, this, this bit isn't as cool, but wait till we get to the next bit. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. and it's,
1: it's so true because a lot of times it's small things that start off, you know, like especially Planting my seeds. booking style. Like yeah. I'll, I'll add little like, uh, what do you call it? like little nuggets yeah. here and there. we like, at the at the time you're like, uh, I don't know what that is or like what that's about. But then like two shows later, you're like, uh, uh,
0: ah, yeah. ah, wait
1: a minute. Something's happened with these two. Nothing, a nothing now makes, more, makes like, me happier
0: eh, than like you see a vignette before like a big title match and it sort of runs through like the history of what led you there. And it is all those moments that they've been planting for like a year kind of thing. And you see like the first moment, you know, that person looked at that person funny. And then like the, you know, as it slowly, as things start to escalate and stuff like that, you see it like play out. Like, it's not just like, yeah, these yeah. two are going to fight. Like that's the, cool
1: things. Like I love putting those like hype videos like together. Mm-hmm. Like we've released a few this week to, um, to do the ambition show. Yeah. And you, know, you get a really good example of what that's like. Like if you look at the Stella Nick storyline, for example, okay. so, mm-hmm. you know, she debuts at border wars, you know, she's the, the local Perth hero. Yeah. You know, she wants a title. She wants a title shot, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then all these people from her past come in, and they're like, "No, you shouldn't just demand a title shot. Like, you should be earning it. Like, getting your spots, and like working your way up." <laughs> and all these situations, like, kind of kept putting her down, and she wasn't quite getting there. They should get up a little bit. You know, then Michelle came in. Michelle was like a huge fan of hers, and her kids were huge fans, and she just wanted to help her out. But then she was in this match, and you know, she was in jeopardy. She was putting the the cattle mutilation. So Michelle's like thrown in the towel to be like, No, I I can't bear to see you
0: like in pain. Now she's
1: upset at Michelle for like calling the match off. And all of a sudden, all these little like things are happening. You know, I'm telling her, you know, you're a great babyface, but you need, to, you need to fight more. You know, you're too babyface-y. And then mm. she takes offense to that, and then she goes out there and starts destroying. Now she got this huge match with Delta. Yeah. No one thinks she could do it. She overcomes the odds. And it's like, now you have this one-year story that's culminated. You watch the highlight package back, you're like, okay. Like, it was a lot of little things. And then finally, like, it started to build to those big moments. Yeah. And then the payoff, like, overcoming the... The monstrous Delta to win the championship, and like a tag partner's there, and they hug in the ring. It's like all those things are like the build up to, yeah, to where yeah. it's going. And that's that story is only like halfway through. Yeah, and you're like,
0: yeah. the and you're like so, then where do you go because power can corrupt. You know what I mean? So exa- is it, yeah, and, and you see it time and time again. So does she remain like the shining light of of the women's division? You know, the the underdog that keeps pulling out wins, or does she maybe start to think that she? You know, believe all their own hype and start to maybe not treat people as well and stuff like that. In and, and you see it all, all turn around and the mirror cracks and becomes what she was fighting oh, against. Yeah, that's you know? it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so awesome, man. I, I I love having these kind of conversations. It's so so interesting to see how people's minds work and and how it all plays out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's that's the cool thing about watching different products as well. Like you see what's going on you know, like what the thought process is with like their development of people and, and sounds like that. So it's like, you watch some stuff. It's like, ah, oh, it's really, that's really clever. And you watch other stuff you're like, ah, oh, okay. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I've always found that particularly with storylines, it's working with talent. You can't really book too much on paper. Like you have to go, who is this person? What's their real personality like? Mm-hmm. Um, because you can find like the sweetest person in the world. You go, you're going to be a heel now. And I want you to go out there and do this. And they do it, but it's, it's not believable it doesn't read so yeah it's, mm-hmm. yeah so it's about really getting to know like your talent and working with them and i think that's what's been so great about this last year mm-hmm. is we've had that chance from the start you know because we've had all these angles and it's like oh, i don't know if that's their personality let's we need to tweak that now like we need to do this and like make it more like those people and then we do and it works And it's like okay now I'm on the right path let's let's keep going with this with this person because you can write you know Ah, uh, you're going to be undefeatable monster that destroys everyone, mm-hmm. and they go out there. It's not believable. It's like, ugh, okay, that's not that's not you now. Like, yeah. maybe we try something else. So mm-hmm. you can write all the stuff in the world, but you really have to know your talent and know what they do and mm-hmm. what their personalities are like, what they do outside the ring, what they do inside the ring, mm-hmm. you know what their thought processes are, and that's that's the key, I think, to to really becoming a good booker and telling those those stories. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and 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 listening to that crowd reaction, like we keep talking about as well, because you know somebody could see, uh, you know, a seven foot good looking dude ripped to gills and go, "This yeah. is going to be my next huge star." But there's just a, a lack in charisma or whatever, and the crowd rejects them. You know, they're not interested yeah. in them, and they're not going to be their shining knight or whatever. And you're like, "Oh, I really thought I fucking had one here, but I'm going to have to do, yeah. Yeah, have to flip it on its head and do something different." and yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in that situation a few times, especially many years ago. I had um, a similar situation where I was booking, and at the time, like, not everybody was jacked. They were kind of just like, you know, standard kind of like indie wrestler look, and yeah. I had a guy come in who was like chiseled. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this
0: guy. Here we go. Strap him up.
1: Can't like, fucking you know, wrestle. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah and then we put him in the ring, and I was like, oh. Yeah, this is going
0: to work. We'll just have everybody beat him and move on. Yeah, uh,
1: we'll tell a different story with uh, where this
0: was originally going. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe you're an enforcer.
0: This may take a little bit longer to play out. We're going to have to get him in the the training and uh, and kind of make sure he can actually wrestle as well, which is another very big part of it. Because all of this story stuff and that's great, but you also do need to be able to wrestle as well.
1: Yeah, and there's quite an important part of uh, the wrestling part. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And there's a, there's a pretty uh, notorious history of big men that kind of come in for looks but can't actually wrestle.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like sometimes it can work, you know. Sometimes, again, that's what's so crazy about wrestling. Like you have Goldberg. Yes. And people be like, "He's the coolest thing ever." Like, you know, he's he's the top guy from like this era. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you tried that now with the same guy and same personality and said, it's, it's probably not going to work. So, it's it's just so fascinating with the wrestling. There's no f- guaranteed formula of, like, what will work and what doesn't. It's really – it's so organic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Goldberg's a perfect example because he was just, like, yeah, that lightning in a bottle, two moves, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just – the look, the like everything, and it just like it just worked for so long, and it was like all he needed to do, you know. Hulk Hogan was the yeah. same, you know. They didn't need to be these phenomenal, you know, workhorses. They just had to be this dominant presence, you know. And yeah, and whether that works today is remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, and and there's so, there's a difference too between like you know the live events and you know
1: television, for example. Yeah. You know, like we can see and go, oh, great, Carly is so boring. Like, oh, he just does like a big chop. But if you're live and you know you're sitting the ringside and then this like seven foot giant walks past you, you see how big he is. You go, wow, this is kind of like insane. And then you see him live in the ring. You know, given that that head chop or head squeeze or whatever, and like you go this is maybe it's believable like this guy yeah. is kind of cool he is but actually it on TV is it's like yeah nah, it's boring is anything yeah so you know, yeah i always think there's there's special things for live events as well as like tv and there's just such a mix between it or at all really
0: yeah and that and that, that again just what makes wrestling so special there the venn diagram i always say the venn diagram of things that make wrestling work and like them joining together is just Kind of fucking crazy, really. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing I mean, the like it. The
1: hardest thing is talking to like non-wrestling fans about it, like you know, you would yeah. be at work or whatever, and so I'm like, "Hey, oh, you do wrestling? Oh, like, how does that work? Like, how, who, how do you decide who wins and who loses?" And, and it's like, it's not that simple. <laughs> it's, no. it's, it's, it's not. I sat there for half an hour and went, "Yep, no, yes, no, yes, no," and that's the show. Like, there's there's so much to it. Yeah,
0: this is the, it really is, and it is a very hard thing to explain like you've really just got to show people stuff you know what i mean like take them to a live show or whatever and i've never i've never taken anybody to a wrestling show and not had them have a good time you know yeah like like you would actively have to go i'm not going to enjoy this and i'm not going to pay attention and i don't want to have a good time because if you if you immerse yourself in and you suspend disbelief and you have a good time then you then you will well, that's right. That's right. You know, if you
1: sit there and you would go, I'm going to be a critic and I'm going to critique everything that happens tonight, yeah. you, you're not going to have a good time. No. But exactly. if you walk in and go, all right, like, I'm going to sit back and sort of watch it okay. and see what happens, like, you, you tend to go, wow, this is actually kind of, there was a bit of comedy, there was, like, a bit of seriousness, there was crazy high spots, there was, like, some weapons, like, it's just, like, a big combination of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you enjoy it more. Instead of sitting there going, hmm... Well, I don't know. The arm drag wasn't really smooth. I don't yeah, know if I like that. This too that much. punch didn't
0: even connect. What the hell's going on here? You know, that, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, give everybody the, the final rundown on where to catch the show and also where to catch uh, Southern Territory Wrestling on social media. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. It's all just Southern Territory Wrestling. So just uh, give us a look up on that one. But, of course, the big combination is November 12th. It's our one-year anniversary show called Ambition. Like I said, the lineup is absolutely huge. Former WWE superstar Carlito, seven-time British wrestling champion Marty Jones, Slex, Mikey Nichols, Adam Brooks, Purgatory, Pulse, Chris Target, Julio, uh, Stella Nick's Tali. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's going to be a stacked show. Uh, for one, night only, we're here in Ivas. Traditionally, we are at East Vic Park in in Perth. That's our, our base. But, yeah, we're bringing our form of entertainment to Belladivis and uh, really trying to make this a big community event within Belladivis. So, yeah, if you're in the area or you just love wrestling, we hope you can check it out. Tickets are on sale right now through Eventbrite. So just eventbrite.com.au. If you look up STW Wrestling or Ambition, you'll find the, the ticket link there with some more information. So we hope to hope to pack it out and celebrate our first year in the business.
0: That's awesome. And are you filming the event? Like, will it be up anywhere afterwards for anybody that can't get into the house or any of our, like, international or interstatelessness?
1: It will be, yes. Yeah. So we're really starting to integrate our YouTube channel. So this will probably be the first event that really goes 100% live on there after the show. So right. give us probably till next year, I'd say, to, to perfect it and put it where we want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're aiming for around January to have this show up on... Up on
0: YouTube for those that couldn't get there live. That's awesome. And then they can start the whole new year into what you guys are doing from that show on into the new season, exactly. basically. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's awesome. And I can't remember if you said it. So and what is the like Twitter tags and uh, and Instagram tags and all that for anybody that wants to follow on social media?
1: Yeah, so it's all just Southern Territory Wrestling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I believe it's Facebook.com slash Southern Territory Wrestling. And then Instagram, you just type in Southern Territory Wrestling, you'll see the uh, the Black Swan with the with the logo. That's us. Exactly. So, yeah, Unfortunately,
0: like I'm not. One. I don't have image up, but there's a very nice banner hanging behind <laughs> Andrew right now. <laughs> the screenshots. That shows yeah, everybody yeah, exactly what, what it is. Maybe I should take a photo. You can pose with it real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I it. All right. Here he is. That's the one. There There we go. This is happening live. I'm not editing any of this out. This is exactly what people are going to get. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'll send it to you.
1: (laughs) But yes, so
0: derailed the show right at the end. We were pretty succinct the whole way through, but we made it until the end. So, dude, I want to thank you for your time again. It's so good to catch up with you a year later and see you guys are still going strong, still having heaps of fun. And absolutely killing it, man!
1: Hopefully, we can do it again for uh, Ambition Two. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> <laughs> see you in a year. But in all yeah. reality, maybe no promises. I don't know what's on my calendar, but if I can, I might get down to Belldiver and try and check it out live for the first awesome. time. Because uh, yeah, things are things are looking up, and I want to try and get out of this apartment occasionally. Yeah, definitely. That's that's going to be the show to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my man, thank you for your time for everybody out there for Southern Territory Wrestling and for Andrew the Shark Carter and for Faces and Feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter, at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook, at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Oh Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace
1: Underground. John Wayne Murdoch. Akira. Madman Pondo. Zona 23. Neil Diamond Cutter. G. Raver, Schlack. Necro Butcher. And many more.
0: A brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So, if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview.